Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, while Superman pits his strength against the might of the sun at the top of a towering snow-covered mountain in the Alps, Robert Archer and a group of terrified villagers stand far below and witness a hair-raising sight. That rumbling, what is it? It comes from the mountain! Look, there's Superman! Good heavens, he's he's falling! He, He looks dead! Here they are, gang, the first batch of winners in the Superman Hidden Word Contest. Your name may be among these, so listen carefully. C. Christensen of Twin Valley, Minnesota. Donnie Harper, Lakeport, New Hampshire. Nancy Beardsley, Wellington, Colorado. Paul Snyder, Bronx, New York. Richard Rose, Dorchester, Massachusetts. Robert Goodman, Jamaica, New York. Sandra Waits, Oakland, California. Harold Brown, Brooklyn, New York. Kurt Miller, Morristown, New Jersey. Raymond Rowe, Wahoo, Nebraska. Larry Arco, Brooklyn, New York. Gene Woolridge, Carney, Nebraska. Anne Milligan, Westwood, Massachusetts. Elizabeth Green, Elmira, New York. Marzella Barringer, Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Charles Ballard, Oklahoma City. Connie Stewart, Gresham, Wisconsin. Louise Pennington, Detroit. Lane Grossman, Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Patrick Cavanaugh, Grand Rapids. Kenneth Dyer, Abilene, Kansas. Louise McNally, Quincy, Massachusetts. Albert Levitt, New Haven. Sandra Hosmer, Belleville, Illinois. Walter Eden, New York City. Joyce White, Monaco, Wisconsin. James Mergen, St. Paul, Minnesota. Gerald Sharpton of Dewey, Oklahoma. John Bentley of Fulton, New York. James Stocks, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Alan Jones, Bristol, Connecticut. Ray Hayes, Dexter, Oregon. Robert Hewn, Newcastle, Delaware. Minnie Bell Madison, Brunswick, Georgia. Vita Shelton, Monmouth, Illinois. Robert Simiakowski, Waterbury, Connecticut. Danny Carew, Dubuque. Jackie Griffin, Lewistown, Maine. Thomas Purcell, Newport, Kentucky. John Bristol, Clinton, Iowa. Burl Banker, Minneapolis. Gerald Babbage of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Rosario Sparazza of Boston, Larry Rappert of Morgantown, West Virginia, Benny Lawrence, St. Petersburg, Florida, Louis Weintraub of Malden, Massachusetts, Harry Hannes, Chicago, Shelby Andrews, Funkstown, Maryland, Nancy Rodhouse, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and Phyllis Hopko of Teaneck, New Jersey. That's all for now, gang. More later in the program, so keep listening. <laughs> And now, the adventures of Superman. 
Just before he died, a famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay confided the secret of a mighty sun weapon to his midget companion, Freddy, telling him that the devastating weapon was timed to shatter the world on the stroke of February 1st. Sir Hubert instructed the tiny man to find Robert Archer, a former assistant, who would be able to avert the catastrophe. With the aid of Superman, Freddy was on the verge of contacting Archer when he was captured by The Boot, an international conspirator who forced Sir Hubert's secret from him, then flew by plane to a distant mountain cave near the Swiss border where the mighty sun weapon had been set up. But at his moment of triumph, The Boot was killed by a mountain guide whom he had tried to destroy. With only moments remaining before the unleashed atomic power of the sun would shatter the world, Superman streaked to the mountain cave and pitted his own titanic strength against the sun. Suddenly there was a gigantic explosion and the top of the great mountain was cast up toward the heaven in a vast shower of debris that carried the man of steel with it. For a radius of a hundred miles, the sky was irradiated as in a tremendous pyrotechnic display. And then the light faded, and in the quiet Alpine Valley, invisible under hundreds of tons of rock and stone and soiled snow, lay the sprawled, unmoving figure of Superman. Early the next morning, from the tiny village below the decapitated mountain, Robert Archer and Henri, the wounded guide, walked slowly into the valley. Certain that Superman was destroyed in the explosion, Henri carries a wreath of mountain flowers. When he and Archer reach the vast mound of soil and rock and uprooted trees, the guide places his wreath gently at the foot of the mound. Rest in peace, Superman. He gave his life that we and the rest of mankind could live, Henri. Oui, Monsieur Roger. He was a great and good man. Yes, and now he's gone. I can hardly believe it. Ah, it does not seem possible. Wait. What is it, monsieur? Look, Henri, the, the mound of debris, it's moving. Sacre nom. What can this be? Great heavens, look. There, there's a hand coming out of the mound. And, and great Scott, Henri, it's Superman. No, 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 this cannot be. He's alive. Superman's alive. It must be with remiss. Ah. Sorry if I startled you, gentlemen. This is the happiest moment of my life, Superman. I, I thought you were done for. Well, so did I, as a matter of fact. I do not dream you are really Superman. <laughs> In person, Henri. Except for my costume, which looks as if it had gone through a cement mixer, I never felt better. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Oui, for this I give thanks to Le Bon Dieu, monsieur. <laughs> so do I, Henri. And I'm glad to see you're all right, too. I uh, gather the boot's bullet broke your arm, eh? Oui, but it was worth the pain now that the evil one is no more. And for him, <laughs> I do not agree. No, do I. He had it coming to him. Yes, he certainly did. Now let's forget the boot. We've got to get back to America, Mr. Archer. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. There's nothing left of Sir Hubert's cave or his sun weapon. Did you see enough of it to be able to reconstruct it? No, Sir Hubert's great secret is gone forever. That, I think, is for the best. Yes, Henri, it's probably just as well. Sir Hubert created it in the belief he could frighten the nations of the world into keeping the peace. But it can't be done that way. Uh, the boot showed us that when he almost obtained possession of the weapon. Yes, true peace can only come when all men want it enough to bury their greed and hate and self-seeking and meet their fellow men in friendship with understanding. That's right, Superman. To that I say, amen. Now we've got to get moving, Mr. Archer. I'm ready, Superman. Goodbye, Henri. Good luck. Au revoir, monsieur. And may le bon Dieu bless you. <laughs> 
Up with you, Mr. Archer. Goodbye, Henri. Au revoir, Monsieur Archer. Au revoir. Up and away! Leaping up from the little valley with Robert Archer in his arms, Superman pauses in curious flight for a brief moment to wave to the smiling guide and to look once more at the oddly decapitated mountain the scene of one of his most hazardous and exciting experiences. And then he summons his great strength and rockets away to the west, over plains and cities and rivers, and out over the vast Atlantic, on his way back to Metropolis. The following day, once more in his guise and garb of Clark Kent, the mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter, he is in his office in the Daily Planet writing a follow-up on his great story when the door opens and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen enters with Freddy. The tiny man, although still a bit wan, is beaming and resplendently attired in a new frock coat of emerald green, striped trousers pressed to a razor's edge, and gleaming patent leather shoes. And hung from his arm is a tiny rolled umbrella. Hi, Mr. Kent. Hello, Jim. Look who's here. Freddy! <laughs> well, when did they let you out of the hospital? Uh, just now. Well, I say, Mr. Kent, it was jolly decent of you to send me this new outfit. Oh, think nothing of it, Freddy. Do they fit all right? Oh, perfectly. My other garments were completely ruined in the boots' beastly chimney, you know. Boy, doesn't he look sharp, though? Ha-ha, <laughs> he certainly does. <laughs> Come on, Freddy, let me put you up on my desk and we can get a good look at you. Uh, very well, old man. There you are. Wow, sure looks keen. <laughs> uh, do, uh... Do you think the American audiences will like me? American audiences? Why do you ask? Oh, he's going back into the circus business. Oh, yes. I've just signed up to appear with the great Bartram and Billings Circus, you know. You have? Uh Oh, yes, indeed. And I'm to be one of their stellar attractions. That's so. You look keen enough. Why, you know, I've been positively snowed under with Arthur since yesterday, Mr. Kent. I, I mean, when your story, accrediting me with saving the whole blooming world, appeared on the Daily Planet, you know? Well, that's pretty swell, eh, Jim? It sure is. Oh, but I'll miss you, Freddy. I was uh, kind of hoping you'd stick around here. Oh, well, I'll miss you too, old chap. Uh, frightfully. But, uh, well, you know how it is. Show must go on and all that sort of thing. Sure, but, I know. Uh, but uh, the circus plays Metropolis every year, you know? So I'll be seeing both of you chaps then. Say, that's right. Oh, we'll be right there in box seats, Freddy. Oh, excuse me a minute. Oh, Miss Clark Kent speaking. Mr. Kent, this is Robin. Robin? That's right, Batman. Oh, yes, Robin. Well, what can I do for you? Listen, can you come out to our house right away? Well, yes, but what's wrong, Robin? You sound rather upset. I am, Mr. Kent. Something terrible has happened. Great Scott, what on earth? I can't talk about it on the phone. Can you come out here, please? Right now. Why, yes, of course. Hurry, please, Mr. Kent. Hurry. I'll be there at once, Robin. Just sit tight. Disturbed by Robin's urgent message, Clark Kent replaces the phone and, ignoring Jimmy Olsen's questions, hurries from his office. A moment later, he is en route to the home of the famous Batman and Robin as Superman. We'll be back in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode, so keep listening. Okay, gang, here are more of today's winners. Margaret Duncan, Vallejo, California. Philip Yude, Richfield, New Jersey. Fred Holt, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Ronald Kurth, St. Louis. 
Arthur Brondell, Roslindale, Massachusetts, Connie Kenyon, Midwest, Wyoming, John Hannon Flint of South Miami, Florida, Ann Bridges, Hannibal, Missouri, Richard Nelson, Salem, Oregon, Wilson Poorman, Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, Arlene Shable, St. Louis, Victor Gordon, St. Salt Lake City, Walter Crawley, Philadelphia, John Clip, St. Louis, Richard Olson, Kirkland, Washington, Frank Mayfield, Cincinnati, Alfred Wendell of Trucksville, Pennsylvania, Conrad Price, Ogden, Utah, Bren Baroni of North Hills, Pennsylvania, Birch Werhol of Olympia, Washington, Donald Westfall, Rochester, New York, and Lazat, Philadelphia, Mary Cretans of Escanaba, Michigan, Joseph Money of Cincinnati, David O'Malley of Scranton, Pennsylvania, Larry Beckett of Huntington, West Virginia, also Joe Kalk of Canton, Ohio, Charlotte Lamar, Providence, Roger Samsey, Crewport, Washington, Bernard Weiss, Marietta, Ohio, Don Taylor, Pageland, South Carolina, William Ferolo of Providence, David Shattuck, Knoxville, Tennessee, Phillips Garanza of Dallas, Texas, Adelia Holmes, Elmira, New York, Tommy Grubham, Seattle, George Busby, Raleigh, Tennessee, Donald Ellis, Newport News, Rosemary Laurent, Forestville, Wisconsin, Diana Biggins, Schenectady, Laverne Rathert, St. Louis, Ronnie Simpson, Walkerville, Michigan, Sammy Bush, Hannibal, Missouri, Richard Fortuna, Fairfield, Connecticut, Jimmy Price, St. Joseph, Missouri, Robin Briscoe, Albuquerque, Phyllis Horn of St. Louis, Anthony Sullivan, West Englewood, New Jersey, Ronald Swartz, Newark, New Jersey, and Roger Levinson, Brooklyn, New York. And that's all we have time for today, gang. But there'll be many more tomorrow, and you may be among them. So be sure to listen. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Summoned by Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman, Superman streaked to the handsome mansion which is occupied by the dynamic duo as Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. And now, as we rejoin Superman... He is once more in his guise of Clark Kent and is questioning young Dick Grayson in the living room. What's wrong, Dick? Why are you so upset? It, it's Batman, Mr. Kent. Well, what about Batman? He, he's gone. Gone? What do you mean? Oh, just what I said. He's gone, I tell you. But he... And I'm afraid we, we'll never see him again. Startled, Clark Kent stares at young Dick Grayson, who chokes back the tears as he repeats, We'll never see poor Batman again. What does Robin mean? What has happened to the great Batman? Fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode when we begin a brand new and action-packed mystery adventure of Superman with Batman and Robin. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for chapter one of a new adventure of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom X and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.